Do you know what really sucks? Is sitting down to edit your project and realizing that you have gaps in your coverage or shots missing? You need to have a really good, specific, and detailed shot list. Head over to filmmakersecrets.com slash shot list, S-H-O-T-L-I-S-T, to get a killer shot list template along with some training where I show you step-by-step exactly how to use it. Just make a lot of films. Make as many films as you can. Don't worry about your budget. Don't worry about your technical skills. Just make films. Filmmakers have the power to evoke emotion, inspire thought, and drive universal change in this world. Right now, a real seismic shift is happening in the film industry. This is your best chance to join a new filmmaking movement. You have been called to create an everlasting impact with your unmatched, deep desire to tell authentic stories. So how does a filmmaker thrive in an environment that is almost intentionally designed to bring you down? That is the question, and this podcast reveals the answer. What's happening, filmmakers? It's George VK. Welcome to Filmmaker Secrets Podcast, episode number 61. I am so excited to introduce my guest, Sarah Young, who is a super talented and award-winning filmmaker director. So, Sarah, go ahead and say what's up to our filmmakers and reveal the one filmmaker secret that you have been keeping from us. Wow, what a great introduction. Thank you, George. Such a pleasure <laughs> to be here. Um, okay, my filmmaker secret is just make a lot of films. Make as many films as you can. Don't worry about your budget. Don't worry about your technical skills. Just make films. Make them on your phone. Make them on someone else's phone. Eventually make them on a camera. But make your films until you feel like you have the tech skills to level up. And make your films until you feel like you're making the films you actually want to make. Ah, that's so brilliant. I <laughs> have recently been kind of um, preaching this advice for filmmakers that I heard. And I can't tell you who it was. I, I can't remember who said this, but it was, you're a filmmaker, make a film. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that is the most brilliant advice for filmmakers because we always get hung up on the filmmaking toys, the you know, the lack of funding, that actor that we truly want to work with, but we can't get access to them. And we start to make up excuses for why we're not creating the work that we're meant to create. Um, and so I truly appreciate that uh that that beautiful sentiment, Sarah. Um, take me back, take me way, way back to the moment where you got the spark, the sort of, you know, that that blast of inspiration where you find out, oh my gosh, I want to be a filmmaker. I want to be a storyteller. And you can start as far back as you want. I know you've done some opera and theater work, which is fantastic. So what was that moment? Tell us that story. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a it's a long and strange journey uh, on my part. I started out as an opera singer, believe it or not. I went to the San Francisco Conservatory of Music at 17 to be a soprano. You know, wow. <laughs> that was that was my life. I really thought that was going to be my storytelling path. And and I loved it. Don't get me wrong. Opera is my first love. I had an amazing time in that world and an amazing time as a performer. But um, there always felt like it was something a little incomplete. Like I loved being the the guardian of like whatever character I was playing. Um, but I was even then always thinking about the story as a whole, the piece as a whole and feeling a little bit detached, you know, from being able to tell that entire story. Um, so when I was in grad school, again, to be an opera singer, 
I took a class called directing for singers and it just blew my mind. I had mm. never really considered directing as a possibility. Uh, it's funny. The, there are some amazing female opera directors now, um, but coming up through the world, even then I, I had a couple of great mentors, but it just never really occurred to me that I could direct. And I think that that not to completely derail this into another conversation, but I do <laughs> think that there's a lack of sometimes acknowledging for, for girls in particular um, and for other minority groups that, oh, by the way, you could be in charge. Like that is a, that is a possibility if you were interested in that, you know. So it never really occurred to me, kind of blew my mind when I started directing. Suddenly it wasn't just one character, it was the whole story. And that that just changed my entire way of thinking. Um, so for a while, I was doing both. I was singing professionally and I was directing operas. Um, and then I ended up realizing that my passion had shifted. It had shifted into directing. So around that time, I decided to sort of formalize that. And I went to the new school for drama here in uh, New York City. And I studied directing for theater. Now, the great thing about the New School for Drama is that they have sort of a crash course in filmmaking uh, with an amazing professor who, uh, William Cusick, who takes you through 10 minute films in your third year. And once again, it was like a lightning bolt. It was once again, I'd never really thought about film, you know, and suddenly I went, oh, wow, this type of storytelling is also really exciting and very different. Um, and we can talk a little bit about um, some similarities that I actually noticed between opera directing and film directing, if you're curious about that. But interestingly enough, it just felt really comfortable for me coming out of a primarily opera background. And so when I graduated from the new school in 2019, for a while there, I was doing my Renaissance director thing where I was directing opera and theater. And I was I following my own advice in, I just wanted to make films. Like I had no thought that these films were going to go do anything. I just wanted to practice and level up my filmmaking skills. Then came the pandemic <laughs> oh, and the my pandemic. opera and theaters things went bye-bye there was no mm -hmm. more opera and theater and all that was left was film uh, so that's what I was doing very seriously over the pandemic and I think what I've discovered is that I really love this this in particular form of storytelling and now that things are starting to move again thank goodness I still feel like I've finally found what it is that I really want to be doing and that is film wow what a journey. Long story. <laughs> no, that's great. I think it's so interesting for me personally. I don't know about my filmmaker listeners, but I love to uh, find that thread of uh, and see how people ended up in this crazy industry of filmmaking. And I also love the parallels that you bring up about, you know, theater with film. I'd love for you to touch more on that because I think starting with theater is so important because as it stands, Making films is all about kind of, you know, looking deep into the human condition and really finding out why our behavior is the way that it is. And you can truly discover that in a much simpler fashion when you're in theater because you are focused on the performance so much. And it's not so much of the technical aspects. Sure, you have the lighting, you have the, the blocking on stage. You have the sightlines with the audience members, right? Then all those technical things. But ultimately, it comes down to what are you making the audience feel? How are you making them come away uh, with a certain change in their hearts and their thinking? And all those things that we love to kind of talk about when we talk about storytelling. So what are some of the uh, things that you took away from theater that you now use within your filmmaking craft? I think you hit the nail on the head there. It's true. Um, theater, I think, allows you, as you said, to do that in-depth character work without the barrier 
of thinking through technically how are you going to do it? You know, like <laughs> what camera are you using? What's the what's the crew involved? You're just especially in the rehear the rehearsal process of theater in particular is very very different, right? You're just in a room together and mm-hmm. you're just playing and exploring, and there's usually not the same sort of time crunch. You know, it's been my experience so far that you know rehearsals in in film are a luxury. Right. If you're lucky, yeah. you get a full day of prep and a rehearsal on the where you're going to film. That is a huge luxury, you know, uh, so it's a very different world. But in the theater process, you're expected to kind of take your time and make discoveries together and be able to do that level of work, which I think is incredibly important. And I think just the sheer uh, factor of being expected to know how to speak to actors and work with actors is huge. Um, mm. I'll be honest. I did not attend a film school. I attended a theater school. And what's been interesting is I've, when I've worked with um, directors and writers that came out of film school, no, no offense, film school people, but what I've noticed <laughs> is a distinct lack of, of com- being comfortable around actors. This like, downright confusion and sometimes fear around how to approach and get performance out of the actors. Like there's incredible expertise around the equipment, which I'm very jealous of and wish I had, but this odd hesitancy around the actors, which is a, such a tragedy really, because the fun is getting in there and doing that kind of work. So yeah, it's, I'm really pleased. It was a weird route, but I think coming through theater and my advice for anybody who's just starting out in filmmaking is either go take some acting classes or go take some theater directing classes. Like go get used to being in a room with actors, understand how, because communication is key, right? And if you don't know how to phrase what you want, to an actor because it is different than phrasing it to a DP, you know, (laughs) like you need to be able to have that language. Yeah. Now let's talk about line readings, shall we? (laughs) (laughs) One of my biggest pet peeves is when I see a director give a line reading to an actor. And and why, why is that? You know, why is that so detrimental to the actor's process when they are given the exact tonality and intonation that they're supposed to deliver a line with. It's funny you should say that. And I would also like to point out that um, a line reading, you know, I think a lot of people would would laugh and be like, oh yeah, I would never do that. But a line, line reading also is watch your body language because I've seen directors get in there and start like th- their bodies will start doing whatever it is they think the actor should be doing and they'll start you know even the language that you're using to describe what you want if it's too if you start just doing the scene even if you aren't thinking that you're doing a line reading that's just as dangerous so what happens is if you just if you're trying to give an instruction to an actor that is literally just imitate me you are taking all of the creative um, brilliance of that performer you are taking it out of their hands it's becoming a mimic performance. It's not, it's no longer coming from the inside and coming from a place of truth. There's a really good chance that you're not as good as that actor. So in your head, (laughs) in your head, you think you're brilliant. And then they just try to be you and you've just shot yourself in the foot because there's a reason you're not (laughs) acting, you know, like that's, it's just a very bad, it's, it comes from a lack of communication, a lack of being able to describe what you want. And the, there's a lot of different, obviously, techniques and that directors use to describe what they want. Some people are more are able to be more direct, and it's still useful. They're able to come in and say, "Okay, X, Y, and Z is happening here. I want to see X, Y, and Z go." Some directors are a little more indirect. I happen to be one of those. I come. I'm the Socrates person. I come in and I ask a whole bunch of questions, mm-hmm. and wait. The answers are are I want them 
to discover what it is that I want through the questions, you know? So it's, it, there's different strategies involved, but my, your point about line readings is, yeah, you, you're asking for a performance that is an imitation of you, not a performance from the heart. And that's just a rather large mistake. <laughs> exactly. So what's a good alternative to that? How do you, how do you yourself, Sarah, approach, uh, let's say an actor just isn't hitting the, the tone or the the emotion that you're looking for that you think the scene absolutely requires how do you approach that there's usually several reasons for that right it could the number one would be that i haven't explained it well that the scene is uh has some levels that i'm looking for that maybe they haven't seen or we maybe have a disagreement about what's happening in this scene and what that means is that we are just not on the same page so mm. we need to take a step back and we need to look at the givens honestly to boil it down to basic theater training what are the given circumstances of this scene this is where theater school is nice right you have the the language and the tools to go to the basics literally what is happening <laughs> Physically, what is happening? Emotionally, what is happening? What is happening between you and the other people in the scene? What is happening in the grand scheme of things? Like what is happening here that was caused by last scene? And in film, that's particularly important, right? Because you're probably out of order, you know? Um, so making sure that we're, and maybe you haven't even filmed the scene that triggers this scene, you know? So you have to be very much on the same page in terms of thinking thinking through the whole process. So that's step one is just make sure you're on the same page. Step two, this is kind of advanced, but if, you've, if you're in a scene that's particularly emotional, like maybe it's a moment where the actor is going to have to do something that is very counterintuitive to them as a person, right? I have seen actors um, struggle because they're like internal, the internal desire that's either afraid or just uncomfortable with whatever it is, we'll start throwing up barriers in the forms of questions. I don't uh, understand this. You know, I don't, I, why am I doing this? You know, now this is, this is not something that's unsafe. Never ask an actor to do something unsafe. I'm saying, you know, if we're in a, an emotional scene that they're struggling with because they're feeling, feeling a barrier that's coming up in a sort right. of protect my emotionality side, that kind of work is very different. Then it actually switches to, Hey, what's going on with you? You know, like, let's let's talk about how you're feeling right now. What can we do to make you feel comfortable in this in this moment? You know, how do we approach this in a way that feels like you can do the kind of work that you want to do in a way that you feel supported and safe? That's great. Uh, filmmakers, I hope you're paying attention because we just got a master class on directing. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you sharing all that, Sarah. Um, so let's talk about let's talk about the first project that sort of first film project that got you into that mode of, of becoming more of a filmmaker than you were before. What was that first launching point? So right out of school, this was the first project that I literally just went to my friends from both the drama school and the media department of the new school. And I said, hey, friends, let's make a film. Nice. That's how it should <laughs> and, always start. <laughs> yep. That's uh, that's how that went down. And I hooked up with a writer that I really loved from the program, Emily Daly. And I um, picked, hooked up with a DP from the program that I really loved. And grabbed some of my actors that I really loved from the program. And we were, uh, the process, the project was question mark until 
there was yet another school shooting. And I honestly can't remember which one because there's been so many, but there was yet another school shooting that was dominating mm-hmm. the news. And uh, that's a subject that I am very passionate about. I have some family history with that. Um, and so I thought, you know, I'd really like to do something that deals with active shooter situations. And the writer was very on board. And we ended up making In Case We Get Found, which is the story of three strangers in a bathroom waiting out an active shooter situation and the mm-hmm. conversation that they have. So it was kind of the perfect storm of what you need for indie filmmaking. And I'm going to you know, lay out some instructions again here. But really, you need a story that is that means something to you right? Something that you are passionate about, but you can actually accomplish with very little budget and very little support. And this story, which was three strangers sitting in a bathroom, we were with the tools that we had and the literally no budget that we had, we were actually able to make something that was meaningful, you know? Um, So it ended up, you know, one day of filming, it was four hours in a school, in the new school's bathroom. We were already graduated, but it was the summer. So I literally showed up in their offices and went, Hey, can we shoot in your bathroom for four hours? (laughs) (laughs) And we, uh, we made it happen. And, you know, it ended up mad. We, we also didn't think of it. We didn't go in there going, this is going to Sundance. You know, Uh we didn't go in there with delusions of grandeur. We just went in there to tell a story, you know? And we ended up with something that I was actually really proud of um, and it's actually done very well on the small festival circuit, which has been so exciting and, and wonderful, but wasn't, wasn't the point, you know, I think going into it just to tell a story ended up serving us really well. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, congratulations on that success. And I think Thank you. you you said it well, is that you didn't have those expectations of what it was supposed to be. It's not supposed to be a Sundance premiere. It's not supposed to be, you know, this grand sweeping awards taking a short film, but it was something that you truly wanted to make and that Mm -hmm. you believed in. And, you know, reading through your bio on your website, by the way, filmmakers, if you want to check out Sarah's work, look down in the description notes of this episode and click out, check out the links. Uh, But one word jumped out to me and that was courage within mm-hmm. within your uh, description of how you bring up elements in your filmmaking with courage. And I think that truly takes a lot of courage to tell a story such as this one that you're describing, uh, where it's something that is that I'm sure universally everybody thinks about uh, whenever, you know, uh, things like that happen in the world, it, it touches everybody. Uh, it moves people. Um, and at us as filmmakers, as storytellers, but truly as artists, it is our job to sort of bring forward those topics and to get people to talk about them and to start that conversation. How do you, um, h- how do you approach a project with such a heavy subject, uh, such a heavy topic um, and, and keep a level head as you're writing it, as you're developing the story idea. And then finally, as you're actually shooting it and, and editing to deliver to the world. That's a fantastic question. And actually, since that project, I have done more of that kind of work. Um, so I've been also on the writing side. My uh, my big one of my big projects this year was uh, a film called Not Him, which I wrote and directed. And it was the first time I'd written and directed my own work. By the way, uh, I'm sorry deals- to interrupt, Sarah. I, I wanted to mention, I absolutely love your titles. They're so intriguing. <laughs> I, I, I feel like when I hear you mention a title, I want to know what it's about. I want to watch the thing. <laughs> That's awesome. That's a great note. Thanks, George. I appreciate that. Um, 
Yeah. So not him. So I'll, I'll kind of talk about not him just because I served as the writer on that project as well. So I can kind of mm-hmm. speak to that, you know, um, because that was also uh, that film deals with marital abuse um, and marital rape, actually. So it's also a very heavy film, but that one's through the lens of the metaphor of horror. So it's a horror film about a uh-huh. wife who is convinced that her husband is possessed by a demon, but just can't get anyone to believe her. <laughs> so, oh you know, gosh. it's a story about gaslighting, right? Yeah. <laughs> In this like very literal sense that like there's mm-hmm. something very, very wrong with this man, but no one, she can't get anyone to believe her, you know? So it's, it's a very, it's a heavy subject. Um, and one that I, and again, something I'm very deeply uh, invested in. So yeah. How do you, how do you pick up something that you do have a personal connection to, and you do feel really passionate about uh, in a way that is going to serve the story and serve your collaborators? Because, you know, obviously if you're dealing with something that heavy and something that has that much real world implication, you have to be really mindful of the environment that you're creating on that set, because in the end we are, we're telling stories, even if those stories are intense, even if those stories are dealing with serious subject matter, we're all just in a room with some lights and a camera and we're just telling a story. We're all pretending this isn't real. You know, (laughs) this is, this is just play acting, you know? Um, And on some level you have to remind yourself of that. That's probably step one. Uh, Step two is I, this is just kind of literal. I wouldn't attempt a story if I didn't feel like I was in a place that I could tell it, you know, like if you're, if you have something that's really, really deeply personal and raw to you right now, maybe that's not the story to tell. Maybe you do some work with a therapist or you do some work, whatever, whatever you need to do to take care of yourself first or, or never, or you never tell that story, you know, but you need to make sure that you are in a position where you feel like this is a subject matter. You can pick up and go, this is a story and not, this is me because the minute it's, this is me. It's about you. It's kind of the same. It's a, it's a much more intense version of the line reading thing, right? If you walk in there and you're like, I need you guys to tell my pain, it's all about you. <laughs> it's not about the story. And it's not going to end up being a good story, you know, and it's not going to be safe for you or anyone else in that set. So I think that's my number one bit of advice is just make sure that whatever, it's a fine line, right? Because the best films are the ones that you are connected to, right? But you have to be connected in a way that is safe and productive. Uh, Sarah, you are <laughs> speaking to my soul. You know, I'm sure many filmmakers, many screenwriters, scriptwriters, storytellers have that one story idea, that one story plot line that they've been keeping in their heads for years and years, but they've never had the courage to even open up a Word document Celtics, final draft, whatever it is that you use, your choice of of tool, and sit down and write it. I mean, that's been something that I've personally been struggling with of a couple of story ideas that are in the back of my head, and I keep pushing them further. And I admire your courage to bring it forward, bring it front of mind, and 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 truly make an impact on the world with the stories that you're telling because you have the courage to tell them. I think that's so, so important because truly when we can get in touch with the, the real meaningful stories in our lives and, and put them onto a film format uh, and tell stories that way, I think that's when we can start to break into our creative freedom and, and mm-hmm. truly just start, you know, getting away with um, just uh making making the world a better place i mean empathy and kindness that's what it's all about i preach about that all the time (laughs) love that uh, 
Uh, that's amazing, Sarah. I could keep talking to you for hours. Um, let's let's move into what what's happening right now. What are you working on? What's what's coming out? Where are things going? So I am deep in post on a lot of different projects. Um, I am deep in post on the horror film, not him. Uh, Kevin, our, our mutual friend, Kevin, who was on an earlier podcast, is actually editing that film for me. So we are um, working together on that right now. Uh, I have another short film called The Well, which is very on brand. It's very, you know, deep personal trauma uh, and through a story, which is great. Um, that one, I actually partnered with a brilliant writer and new director. His name is Miles Ordunia. Uh, he and I co-directed that piece. Uh, he's another one that you might want to uh, reach out to. I'd be happy to hook you up. He is a wonderful yeah. writer and director. And it was my first time co-directing. Um, and we made that project together. And so that one's deep in post-production right now at the moment. And then, thank goodness, I have a comedy that I am... <laughs> <laughs> what a large breadth of soon. work. I love the diversity. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to the comedy. I really I was just talking to the writer of that the other day going, I am so excited to dive into this comedy. You have no idea. I need it um, in my life. So I, but I will be editing that one. So I have sort of, honestly, I've, I've said no more until I get through post on these three projects because, you know, I, it's, you forget as a theater kid, you forget this, right? You're like, oh yeah, we shot the film. It's done. Oh no. <laughs> no it's the work has time. just begun. <laughs> yes, exactly. So I am trying to get through those. Uh, that being said, I really want to do more writing. My goal for myself is to go that direction again, because that wasn't really a part of my life until not him. So I am bouncing some ideas around in my head. I have an idea for a feature. So in my like two to three Ooh. year long-term plan is to try to get that script written and figure out how to level up into doing that kind of work. So that's yeah. the, the big dream. That's amazing. I love that you gave me that little foresight because now I'm going to be watching you and make sure to get you back on the podcast so that <laughs> when inevitably starts to pick up steam, we can follow your progress. That's amazing. A feature film is, is a big deal. And I, I commend <laughs> you for taking that on. Um, Sarah, I have one final question for you. And this has been known to be a doozy. What mm. is your deserted island movie? So if you could only watch one film for the oh. rest of your life, what would it be? Oh, okay. Well, it's down to, to three and these are all going to be cliche AF. Um, so you guys are all going <laughs> to laugh at me, but <laughs> it's Jaws, uh, the second Lord of the Rings film or Gladiator. Um, oh. And I think it's going to have to be Jaws. I although that's probably say. a terrible mistake on an island. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, well, at least you can you can uh, relate to the subject matter <laughs> in a way that exactly. as you're watching it over and over and over. Uh, that's fantastic, Sarah. Thank you so much for being on the Filmmaker Secrets podcast. Uh, filmmakers, I'll make sure to have all of the links, so please go check out all of Sarah's work. Make sure to keep supporting local independent filmmakers. Uh, wherever you are at, because that is the way that we can move forward and progress together. So Sarah, thank you so much again for your time and your insight and your genius knowledge bombs. I appreciate it. My pleasure, George. Thank you.
If you like that, then you are going to love my Cine Racing Challenge. This is a seven-day filmmaking competition where your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to write, shoot, and edit a short 60-second film in just seven days for your one chance to win with over $10,000 in prizes. So head over to CineRacing.com. That's C-I-N-E-R-A-C-I-N-G.com to get registered spots are filling up fast and the timer is ticking before the next Sydney Racing Challenge launches so be sure to head over to sydneyracing.com right now to get registered I'll see you over there <laughs>